Movies and musicals on RTE Lyric FM, sponsored by IFI at Home, the new streaming service from the Irish Film Institute. Come home to film. Come home to ifihome.ie. Movies and musicals with Aideen Gormley on 96-99 RTE Lyric FM. It's our time, breathe it in. Worlds to change and worlds to win. Our turn, we're what's new. Me and you, pal, me and you. Feel the flow, flow. hear what's happening, we're what's happening. Long ago, all we had was that funny feeling, saying someday we'd send them reeling. Now it looks like we can. Our time from Stephen Sondheim's musical Merrily We Roll Along, the original Broadway cast recording there starring Lonnie Price, Jim Walton and Anne Morrison, a show that is now much loved but didn't get off to a good start, sadly, closing after just 16 performances in 1981. But thankfully, the cast did make that recording. Lonnie Price went on to become a renowned theatre director in New York. He has directed numerous musical productions with the New York Philharmonic, quite an expert when it comes to Sondheim. The Emmy Award-winning director's credits include Sondheim's Sweeney Todd with Patti LuPone and George Hearn, and more recently a production starring Emma Thompson and Bryn Terval. His other Sondheim credits include Company, Passion, and in March of 2010, Lonnie Price conceived and directed a magnificent event celebrating the composer-lyricist's 80th birthday, Sondheim time the birthday concert with the New York Philharmonic. Lonnie Price also directed Leonard Bernstein's Candide in 2004 with Kristen Chenoweth. He directed Audra MacDonald who won her historic sixth Tony Award for her performance as Billie Holiday in Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill and he directed the acclaimed London revival of Sunset Boulevard starring Glenn Close which also transferred to Broadway. In 2016, Lonnie Price directed the fascinating documentary Best Worst Thing That Ever Could Have Happened, which chronicles the ill-fated journey of that original Sondheim production of Merrily We Roll Along. But Lonnie Price is now in Dublin directing Gabriel Byrne in the Gaiety Theatre for the world premiere of Walking With Ghosts, adapted from Gabriel Byrne's best-selling memoir of the same name. Presented by Landmark Productions, it will play for 12 performances only from the 27th of January till the 6th of February. Lonnie Price, welcome to Movies and Musicals. Well, thank you, and thank you for that introduction. I, I must be 300 years old. I, <laughs> I'm just going through it thinking, well, that's, 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 a, that's a lot of years you covered, but thank you. I'm, I'm delighted to be with you, Eddie. Well, it's interesting because I, I was listening to Gabriel Byrne uh, talking to Tommy Tiernan on, on Saturday night's yes. show. Uh, they had a great chat. I, I thought it was interesting, Lonnie. One of the things Gabriel said was that he has perhaps learned more from his failures than his successes. Mm. And it, it strikes me, looking at your career, we mentioned there that, sadly, that failure of the production of Merrily in, in 81. You know, you were just starting out. It must have been so tough. But I'm wondering, looking now how your career blossomed, perhaps it didn't do you any harm because, you know, would you agree too? you've, you've learned from failure? failures. Oh, sure. And and by the way, that's not the only failure I've had in my career. There have been many of them. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, it's funny because, you know, I actually wanted to speak with Gabriel about exactly what he meant about that. People say that a lot about how they learn from failure. And um, uh, I'm not quite sure what it teaches you, except that um, uh, 
we're all vulnerable to them. And certainly with Merrily, there were the, you know, the kings of, um, you know, the musical of how Prince directed and produced it and Stephen Sondheim wrote it. And um, so when you see those giants can um, have missteps, it does give you courage. And, um, and then you're less hard on yourself when you do, because, you know, you're not a genius and you have missteps, but the geniuses have missteps. And so um, it's, uh, it's somewhat comforting to see that everyone's fallible and we're not always terrific all the time. And, um, and that's true of anybody. Now, we sadly lost Stephen Sondheim last yes. November. We had a tribute programme here. Um, as listeners will know, I'm a massive fan, but you worked with him, you directed his musicals. You knew the man, Lonnie. I'd love you to, if you would, just share your thoughts on him with us. Oh, sure. Um, well, um, I'm, first of all, I'm glad you're such a fan and I'm glad you did a, a show devoted to his work. You know, he was, was a complicated person in many ways. Um, he was enormously kind to me and very supportive of my work. He was also very critical of it in a, in, a, in a good way, in as much as I wanted him always to love everything I did, of his particularly. Um, he was often critical of it in a, in, in a helpful way. For instance, when I would film or capture I, uh, a show uh, for television, and um, I would always send him the rough cuts because he was so terrific at saying, oh, you're lingering too long here, or I think the shot should be here, and, um, and for me also, you're cutting too much, stop showing off. You know, he would um, call me on the carpet for, um, for not having as much integrity as I, I should have, and that the work was more important than um, being clear and being uh, clean about it was um, what was important, getting the, getting the thoughts clear to the audience visually. He was also just terrific at that. He, uh, I think, was wanting to be an editor, a film editor at some point. Um, so he was, he was very helpful. He was also, a, you know, there's so many things I could say, he was also an enormous theater professional. What I mean by that, he wasn't just a composer. He understood the vicissitudes of the theater. He understood how much could be done if you were, you know, finally at the last preview. Mm. Um, and he was always, you know, he would say, can you do this? And I'd say, actually, I don't have time. And he'd go, got it, and strike it off the list, never making you feel bad about it. He knew, um, he was a man of the theater and knew what was possible and when it was possible. He knew when to say something. He knew when to not say something. He was... Um, just a, a great man of the theater in that way. He wasn't a songwriter. He was a musical dramatist. And uh, he was really a playwright. Uh, that His um, metier was music and lyrics. Uh, he just was an enormously helpful in uh, many ways and, and encouraging. And I, I met him when I was 14. And so I knew him most of my life. And um, I miss him. Yeah. And I missed... Uh, not being able to ask his opinion about things and um, give me notes on my work. And um, uh, he was, you know, certainly a kind of father figure for all those years. And, um, yeah, his presence in my life is, is certainly a, a vast, uh, it's a big um, chasm. And um, I don't expect it to be filled again, and certainly not by anyone of his stature. Yeah, so, um, I know. I did, yeah. I did say on air when he died, Lonnie, that, that, you know, sad as we were, he had lived a long life. He had been mm. successful in his own lifetime. He'd been greatly admired and loved, and he knew that. Now, I was lucky enough to be at the 
Sondheim 80th birthday celebration concert you directed at the Lincoln oh. Centre. And I'll never forget it. It was just an extraordinary night. And you must feel glad that you were part of showing Stephen Sondheim how much he was loved and admired. I am. I, it, is a, it is a great... He, he actually used to call that my masterpiece that evening. Um, and um, I know how much he loved it and how much it meant to him. And, um, yeah, I mean, to be able to give your uh, hero a, um, a gift that he so graciously and so um, unabashedly adored um, was very gratifying to me. Um, uh, so yeah, no, that was that was one of the you know great. I'm glad you were there. That was one of the great nights of of my life. Um, that particular concert, and so grateful that we got to film it. You know, yeah. that was also just a, so that it's there for generations to see what I think are some of the greatest musical theater performances of all time. And not because I directed it, just because they were alive then. Many yeah. of the people are not with us anymore. And see where the bar is, you know, for people studying musical theater and certainly actors, you know, to get to see, you know, Elaine Stritch and Audra McDonald mm. and singing material that's that good is, um, I'm glad it's preserved yeah. for sure. Thanks for sharing those thoughts with us. We might just have to have you back again to talk more Sondheim, but you are in oh, Dublin anytime. for a, a really special world premiere. I have to tell you that in the bleakness of early January, with the, the pandemic still in full swing and theatres closing, and seeing this email into my inbox about this production that the, the brilliant Irish producer Anne Clark of Landmark mm. was bringing Gabriel Byrne to the Gaiety Theatre for a world premiere of Walking with Ghosts, based on his memoir, directed by yourself, Lonnie Price. It brought great joy, and I presume it was the same for you after such a tough time in the arts to be able to work on this oh yes for sure absolutely it was and is <laughs> you have directed Gabriel Byrne before haven't you wasn't it Camelot yes 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 we um I, I guess a dozen years ago at the New York Philharmonic we did a, a concert production of Camelot and um we've uh, been friends ever since and um you know, uh, Gabriel is, you know, you speak about Sondheim, but Gabriel's another great man in my life. He's um, he, he's a man of the world. He's a, he's brilliant about politics and about um, uh, philosophy. And um, he's just um, one of my favorite people to speak with. And so um, I'm so delighted that he asked me to um, to join him in this journey. And tell us a little more about it. Where did the idea of staging Walking with Ghosts come from, Lonnie? Well, this was the brilliant Anne Clark's idea, um, and um, whom I did not know at the time had uh, called Gabriel and said, "I've read and listened to the book, I think, and I think we should put this on the stage." And um, it was—I uh, don't think Gabriel ever thought about it uh, before that—that mm. that it would be a stage piece. And um, I, and and by the way, you know, I had read um, earlier versions of the book. He gave me an early an early before it was edited, and so I knew what an extraordinary writer he is. I mean, Gabriel's a real poet. It's yeah. not just, he's, this is not just a theatrical memoir. It's real writing. And, um, and of course, read the book. And uh, so um, I was just thrilled, and I, I, you know, started to see its theatrical potential. And um, it has, you know, gorgeous words, and Gabriel is a, you know, a phenomenal, spectacular actor. So I thought, wow, we, we, we need to try and see if we can crack this. And we've been working, you know, I'd say it'll be three months, you know, November, December, and January. And um, the first month just on the script itself. And then uh, we've had some rehearsals in New York. And, and now we're here for th with three weeks of rehearsals. So we've been, we've been really hammering away at it. It's a very difficult form, I, I think, you know, the solo play. 
Um, and also this has extra pressure because not only is it Gabriel's story, it's his words and um, and he's playing himself at all ages. And, you know, it's very exposing for him. So um, his courage is really inspiring. Yeah, I must say, I mean, I agree with you reading the book again last week. I can see why it would lend itself so well to stage because you've Gabriel Byrne himself on stage. He's such a wonderful storyteller, as you say. He's such yes. a great writer. There's nostalgia, there's sadness, there's humour. Does that balance come across on stage as well? Was there any material you to, to cut out on the way or how did that work out? Well, the hardest part was what to not include yeah. because so much of it, I mean, all of it is really just so so beautiful. And um, and in a funny way, Gabriel is less precious about it than I am. You know, oh, we can't cut that, that's so great. You know, yeah. And he's um, uh, a little more ruthless than I am about trying to... Um, you know, let go, you know, there's a saying in the musical theater, you have to kill your darlings, you know, <laughs> songs that you love that don't fit in the show anymore because you've rewritten it so much. And um, he's um, very, uh, you know, easy about that. So um, that's also been a, a blessing in this kind of procedure because you don't want mm. someone saying, no, you can't cut that. And you can't. He's, everything has been up for, up for grabs. And um, that that's the hard part is um, letting go of material that we both and all think in the room is so strong, but that is not serving the play. And and a play is obviously a very different form, clearly, than a book. And, you know, I, what I always tell him is, is that that will be in the book forever. So it's just like it's there. It's just this is just not going to be on the stage. And I think that gives us comfort that it's not we're taking away that story. It's just that we can't include it. Yeah, and, I, and the, I, think, um, I think the structure as well of the book, you know, because Gabriel Brown talks, say, about his childhood story, one minute jumps then to working with Laurence Olivier, mm. that will keep the audience on their toes dramatically, won't it? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I do think so. Um, and um, I think we've managed to find a structure for it that is um, different from the book, but certainly resonates for people, will resonate for people who've read the book. Brian Friel's Faith Healer has just finished a run at the Abbey. Now, Friel is often hailed as introducing the whole idea of the monologue. You know, Faith Healer has three actors who tell their stories separately on stage. You have one actor. Tell me, as director, how you approach your role in this case, you know, not working with an ensemble, just with your leading man. Well, you know, it's interesting. You know, you just, as with anything, you try to strive for truth and authenticity. It, it, I guess I've done my fair share of solo plays. Um, Lady Day with uh, Audrey McDonald was... It, it had a relationship of Billie Holiday and the pianist, um, but it was um, essentially a, a, a one-person a one show. And, um, and I'd done a few more of them before that. You just try and tell the truth and try and create the different worlds with very little because it has to jump from time periods and locations very quickly with simplicity and economy. So it's a hard question to answer, but uh, it, is, it is certainly challenging and probably more challenging for Gabriel than for me because he has no partner. You know, it's yeah. just him. So um, I think that that's... Um, a very specific challenge. You don't get the energy of another actor. You don't, you know, you have to kind of do it all. So um, I think as an actor, it may be more challenging than as a director. Um, the only thing it's challenging a little bit for a director is, is that um, you don't want to overload the person, you know, Gabriel, because um, it's all him all, all the time. 
So you have to just be careful with how much how much direction someone can take in at a time when they have, you know, uh, two acts worth of um, material to negotiate. And just as a final question, there will be those attending who won't have read the book. They'll be coming straight to the stage version. Gabriel Byrne, we learn here, you know, seems to be such a reluctant film star, a born actor, Mm. but perhaps ill at ease with with fame and celebrity. The title, Lonnie, Walking with Ghosts, what is is your understanding of, of the title and these ghosts? Who are they? Well, I think I think we all walk with ghosts. Our parents, our teachers of ours, um, grandparents, um, people who have influenced our lives and who we still think about. We still hear their voice of them telling us things to do or not to do or how to behave. Or, you know, look, Stephen Sondheim is now a ghost in my life, and uh, I think the idea is that um, they are—they're not separate from us. They are us. They have created us. They have formed us. They have informed us. Um, they are um, a part of our lives and um, always will be, and there's no escaping them. You, we all need to make peace with the ghosts in, in our past and in our lives now and, um, and, and walk with them uh, with a kind of, not resignation, but acceptance as to their con- contribution to who we've become. Lonnie Price, it's been such a, a pleasure talking to you. We may just have to have you back again, as I say, but uh, for now, kind of, and I just remind everyone that the world premiere of uh, Gabriel Byrne Walking with Ghosts takes place in the Gaiety Theatre, presented by Landmark Productions. Twelve performances from the 27th of January till the 6th of February. Just before you go, I do want to play another track from Merrily We Roll Along. You originated the role of Charlie. Could I ask you finally just to introduce Franklin Shepherd Inc.? Not an easy number to learn, I would imagine. Oh my gosh! Um, well, uh, wow. Um, well, when when your listeners are listening to it, if it's for the first time, I'm just not to blow my own horn, but I I, I had to learn it in three days before the first preview because it hadn't been written oh. until uh, three days before the first preview, and actually a third of it came in three days before another third second, and then we performed the show. Uh, I performed that song with just a piano, bass, and drums because they didn't have time to orchestrate it for the first week. It's essentially a nervous breakdown in a in a in a song. It's about uh, a songwriting team. Um, Charlie's the lyricist, and Franklin Shepard is the composer. And um, the composer has um, drifted away from the writing partnership and become a little bit more of a businessman than an artist. And uh, they are on a uh, TV chat show. And Charlie, uh, which is the character I play, has had enough of um, Franklin's. Um, betrayal in terms of his ideals and in terms of um, how he works with Charlie, that he starts to um, starts to lose it and uh, starts to tell the truth about um, what's happened to them. And um, by the end of it, they are no longer friends. It, it, it ruptures the friendship irrevocably. And um, so it's a sad, it's sad in some ways, but um, it's um, uh, a kind of um, purging of a lot of anger and a lot of frustration and a lot of love for this uh, for this man and this relationship that is so damaged at this point. Lonnie Price, you do it so well. Thank you so much again for joining us. My total pleasure, and I do hope you'll have me back. I look forward to it. Sure. He goes. And I go. And soon we're coming along. And that's called writing a song (laughs) Then he goes And I go And the phone goes 
And he goes, mutter, 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 yes, Jerome, mutter, no, Jerome, mutter, 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 that's the lawyer, Jerome, mutter, 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 do it, Jerome. Click, sorry, Charlie. So I go. Movies and musicals.